It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. It's the KSL Movie Show. It gave the audience feelings they weren't sure they should enjoy. With Doug Wright and Steve Sales. The week's big movie review. Movie news, games, and prizes. Here, here's Doug Wright. In the future, if you could not interrupt me, that would be way better. On KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. The Movie Show. You know what a great way to kind of ease people into the weekend with a little insanity on the radio, you know, on a Friday morning? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. We have a bunch of interesting movies to talk about, and you and I pick on each other, so there's that. Well, you know, according to latest rumors, you're the one picking on me. You heard that from one person. <laughs> one, one person said hardly ever. Yeah. Well, the movie show, ladies and gentlemen, is here. And today we're hanging out with our friends at My Hearing Centers. We're going to be talking about the great things they have uh, uh, waiting for you. Boy, I'll tell you, if, if hearing is an issue for you. It Get in is, here. Oh, boy. No, absolutely. Absolutely. But first, we probably ought to do what is actually on the schedule. Which is the movie show preview sponsored. Who are you? What have you done with Doug? I know. Well, you know, you have to once in a while be almost close to the format. Are you going Maverick on me in the last couple of weeks? The last, you know, really, it's it's weird. You know, when I walked in, I think of all of the time that we have spent here with our friends at my hearing centers. Yeah. I mean, I think of the great when when I was still doing the Doug Wright show and nine until ten was regular show. I remember some of the great interviews I had here. I remember talking with Mr. John Huntsman. I remember having a kind of a little dust up with Jason Chaffetz and all kinds of great things, you know, and they, they happened right here. And it was weird was I walked in and walked up the steps today. I thought, wow. Well, here's a dumb question. Are you going to write a book or something? Write a book? Yeah. Well, maybe a children's book, you know, <laughs> so you could read it. But anyway, no. <laughs> I was going to be nice, but that's it. Gloves are off. You know, I, I, I just, you can't help yourself, can you? <laughs> it was just such an easy lob. You, you don't have to. You don't have to say. Oh, it, if it's a beautiful, you know. Okay, lob, low hanging fruit. We, we're going to dance. All you, right. you you have to swing on it. No, you know, I. I was going to be nice, but you know, I honestly, it. I just think back and I go, would, would anybody be interested in it? If we were nice, yeah. <laughs> Never mind, no. It's all about right. the train wreck. Writing a book is what oh, you had talked about. Actually, I so. think that's an excellent good idea. Would you buy it? <laughs> <laughs> if I autograph, you know, the old thing is, if you didn't autograph, I might buy it, right? Okay, all right. Meanwhile, I, back I remember Blaine Jorgensen signing a book that got put in there, his pile of Charlie or whatever, and he signed a, a Brigham Young book. Yeah, Brigham Young. Brigham like, Young. Dude, you can't do that. He goes, why not? This is back when you were a Deseret Book? Yeah. Yeah, back in Working the day. Working for Kurt. That's right. That's right. My friend Kurt Bench. Yeah. All right. Well, meanwhile, back at the format. Yeah. Sorry. When you know, we're trying to be. Good. I, I knew you were, we're kidding trying, about. We're trying. trying to be good KSL citizens today, Steve. Well, that's <laughs> you know, then they'll go. Who are these Alert guys? Alert the media. Okay. It's time. Sponsored by Call Climate Services. It's time for the movie show preview. The following preview has been rated G and is appropriate for all audiences. The movie show special feature. Okay. No Hard Feelings is the big movie of the week. 
Yeah. I'll, I'll bet you most people, based on the advertisements that are out there, would say, well, that's Asteroid City, isn't it? You know, Wes Anderson? I mean, holy cow. But, you know, even Wes, speaking of hitting at easy lobs, yeah. this was kind of a hit and miss for me. Well, he also has a very eclectic small group of devoted oh, movie fans. You know, and it's one of those things, if you don't like one of his movies, yeah. and I love a lot of his movies. Oh, fantastic, Mr. Fox. Oh, I and, just... and I mean, the Budapest Hotel yeah. and everything else. And I mean, there, you know, a lot of people loved Rushmore. I, I wasn't the biggest, you know, but uh, Royal Tenenbaums, yes. you know, things like that. But, you know, it, it's one of those things like when you're in school. If all the cool kids liked it, you dasn't say, well, I, I don't think so. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm dasenting today. Well, also, I think once you become that king of quirk, then yeah. you just quirk everything and actually add layers of quirk that you don't need to. I know. Too and much quirk. Kind of, yeah, it's way too much quirk. We call it TMC. <laughs> too much. Speaking of TMC, what are they doing? Actually, quirk is a cue. Oh, yeah, right. That wasn't your fault. That was mine. <laughs> I just went brain dead there for a second. But, you know, <laughs> but Jane, I love the fact Jane, you went along with it. Well, I thought of TMC and what they're going through and the changes they're making. It's kind of scary. I know. little, little unique. For so People love gray movies. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No Hard Feelings, Asteroid City. We've already talked about past lives, the perfect find, the world's best. But already this morning, though, you have been raving off the air about a movie called Take Care of Maya. That's a documentary. It is. It's about a family that's accused of child abuse for a daughter that has a rare disease. Yeah. And they, the, the power of the state and one woman in particular to say, no, we, we're worried about her. Get her out of there. Wow. It is heartbreaking. We've also got uh, And Just Like That, season two. That's the Sex and the City yeah. when they rebooted it. And the first season was all about, oh, no, what do we do with Mr. Big? Well, now they're not worrying about that. They're getting back to the and they're in the city. They're getting back to what? Uh, <clears throat> What was that you said? Mm-hmm. Is, uh, the yeah, S word? <laughs> okay. Uh, they definitely have sassed it up. Ooh, okay. Secret Invasion we'll talk about as well. And we've got our movie news coming up and special guests today. Mm. We have two special guests that will be on the fin, or they, maybe the I could say the telephone. Will it be the Pink Panther? No. Oh. So, yeah, the fin. The fin. So, anyway, we, but Mac Wilberg. I mean, the you know, famed director of the Tabernacle Choir at yeah. Temple Square and the assistant to the president of the famed choir will be joining and us. Mac best Wilberg. dress, Ron. <laughs> He's a great guy. Isn't he? that too. Mac Wilberg and, of course, Ron Gunnell will be joining us. And at this time of year, you know, this, this is another thing I'm really going to miss. For so many years now, the big... Uh, uh, choir concert, of course, at Christmas time. They've yeah. always announced, or at least in memory, the big stars and what they're going to be doing in October on the old Doug Wright show and then the movie show. Yeah. And then for the Pioneer concert and everything else that's going on, they announce the uh, the special guests here on the program. And so I'm really looking forward to uh, to that. And boy, I'll tell you, I'm I'm not going to mention the names because I promised I would not. But if you liked, for example, the movie Enchanted, Ooh. 
There might be a little connection here, so we're going to talk about that. So what's coming up? And then plus the world tour. You know, they were down in Mexico. I saw them with their just, little maracas. It was going amazing. Crazy. Yeah, just amazing. So anyway, we'll get the lowdown on what's happening with the Tabernacle Choir on Temple Square. Let's see. What else is we have we got? Uh, streaming news, of course. And let's see. The top ten, sponsored by Call Climate Services. D is going to make a, an appearance today. Ooh. So that always bodes well for the program. What kind of torture have you come up with today? Quirky picks of the week from DAM. Yes. And let's see, what else have we got? Telephone torture. That's going to be fun. Oh, boy. This, it's music today. Kind of in honor of, you know, having the, the choir announce, you know, the, the Pioneer Days stuff and everything. So that's, uh, that's coming up as well. Fabulous prizes worth up to dollars here on the movie show. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen. And now, the big movie review. Doug and Steve tell you everything your family needs to know about the biggest release of the week. Okay, the biggest release of the week is No Hard Feelings. (laughs) Yes, questioning. Okay. Afraid so. All right, here we go. Let's get a little sound. Date Percy and the Buick is yours. I'll date his brains. This isn't the way to my house. It's a shortcut. What you got down there? Ah! I'm sorry. Ah. How's the kid thing working out? He's actually really sweet. Let's touch me. Get away from her! Okay, tell me about this movie. Well, it's set in Montauk, New York, which is a like a seaside park city, basically, and a lot of the the big city, the Manhattan people's come out. They come out during the summertime. But there's a lot of beautiful homes there. And this one family that's Matthew Broderick is the dad of this kid who's uh, going to Princeton next year or, you know, in the fall. Uh, and he doesn't leave his room. I mean, they're worried that he's going to go up there and he's just not going to fit in. Yeah. He's not going to know anything about anything. Well, they put out an ad in the local paper saying, if you will date my son and get him out of his shell, I will, we will give you a, a green Buick that they had somehow and uh jennifer lawrence's character she is kind of a mess uh the house that she lives in was owned by her mom her mom passes away and now she's trying to make the bills she's uber driving but then they repossess her car and and she's just like how am i gonna do this can i actually date this kid and maybe get a car and get a green buick yeah yeah okay and and so at first and you're the the ads are all pretty raunchy and I thought, oh, dear, it's not that I care that much, but it can't just be that. Right, right. And so as she hangs out with this kid, and, and he's, you know, she's in her probably late 30s, and he's, you know, barely 20, 
uh, or 19, and he, uh, he's, there's a sweetness to this kid. And as she's trying to convince him to do things, you know, like, let's go skinny dipping. Let's do this and that. And, and he's just like, I, what about jellyfish? Aren't there sharks in the water? You know, he's, <laughs> he's just a really nerdy kid. Yeah. And the sweetness that comes from that side of his story and then her being just a nightmare. And then she's coming around to realizing that, man, you know, this kid's really kind of cool and I should probably be nicer. I mean, you know, not like they're going to get together, but he's learning things from her and she's learning things from him. And some of it is fairly naughty. Is it a Mrs. Robinson situation? It is a yeah, little bit, a okay. little bit just like that. Um, maybe a little bit more, because <laughs> okay. I mean Jennifer Lawrence, she goes for it here, uh, and it's it's got some sass to it. The funny thing I noticed was that some people were unhappy that it didn't match the trailer, that it wasn't as raunchy as they were hoping it would be. <laughs> okay. And I thought, wait a minute, I okay, I get that, but there has to be. I'm sorry, an arc of a character that actually goes from my life is a nightmare and I'm a complete train wreck to maybe yeah. there's something to my life and maybe I can start to fix some Those things. are great stories, though, where you have one person who's just a wreck, one person who's maybe in their shell and just yeah. almost you know, out of it, and then they do come together on the ark, and, and they both, you know, even though they don't get together, they, they become better people. Yeah, that's I exactly like what I like is. those kind of stories. And so, but there is an edge to this. There's no question. Okay. Uh, it is rated R. Um, there's some nudity and whatnot in this poor kid. He is just, they said that the first R movie that he saw was the premiere of this movie. Really? Yeah. That's how, what a sweet boy this kid is. And okay. you can tell he's like that Michael Sarah sort of, but okay. you know, Michael's different now, but. It, it, I gave this a B. I thought, you know what? I really kind of got a kick out of this. How wide release uh, is this? Oh, this is in Thank all you. the theaters, okay. yeah. All right. I kind of wondered, you know, when it's up against Asteroid City. Asteroid City will be in fewer theaters, but yeah. it, it, it still has its, its draw. Isn't that funny? Because all the buzz is about Asteroid City. And, you know, based on... On the uh, advertisements for this movie, you'd think, wow. Well, not only that, but there are 14 either Oscar-nominated or winners in this film. You know, that's part of uh, my informal review is, you know, it's fun to go to this movie primarily just for the the body count on stars. And some of them really catch you off guard. Some of them are revealed in very interesting, weird ways. Yeah. It's amazing, the star power in that movie, but it's also amazing how weird it is. Yeah, yeah. you can over-weird yourself. The making of this of Asteroid City, they did, they did it in Spain on this flat land, and they built all these sets there. To me, that was more interesting than the movie, to be could honest. could have done it so cheap, much cheaper in Utah. You know. Oh, I know. Yeah, I mean, really? Salt flats? Are you kidding me? Yeah, why do you have to fly everybody to Spain? It, they all wanted a trip. Maybe. That's how they got so many stars in the movie. We're going to take you to Spain. Cool. See, that would matter to me, but it, I don't think it would matter to Tom Hanks. Yeah, he'd go anywhere. Yeah. Okay. Oh, right. <laughs> 9.30 here at KSL News Radio. The movie we just talked about is? Uh, no Hard Feelings. Uh, I gave it a B. It is rated R, but there's some sweetness to it. Okay. Time for a little movie news? Yes, sir. Here we go. Not just any news. Stop what you're doing and listen. Movie news. On the KSL Movie Show. Okay, movie news. Let's start with this story. Here we go. Christopher Nolan. You know, AI is becoming such a huge issue in our lives everywhere. But in movies, and a lot of filmmakers have expressed some distress 
about uh, AI. Others are saying, well, it's a wonderful thing if used in particular areas. And others are saying, hey, pretty soon AI will just do it all. It'll write the scripts. It'll, you know, we can now de-age actors. Well, guess what else we can do? We can even replace actors. Christopher Nolan had an interesting take on this, of course, you know we have the movie coming up, Oppenheimer, and I have a story about that, which is is going to be uh, really cool. I'm so looking forward to that. But Christopher Nolan said, you know, while studios are considering, you know, refining scripts, completing uncompleted scripts, like if if somebody were to die and they're halfway through, or maybe a first rough draft, well, let AI, you know. Just feed all the information. It seems like he's a little more open to the ideas. He is a little bit more open to it. And he said it's only a matter of time before. I mean, kind of what he's saying is get used to this. Let's just kind of keep control of it. So it, it'll be a tool for everyday use. But directors like uh, Joe Russo, for example, and uh, actors like Tom Hanks have expressed opinions uh, regarding of how AI will master the future of filmmaking. But right now, I, I really like the way Christopher Nolan is saying it because you know if we use it as a tool and if we really look at what we can do and improve the work that we're already doing he said for example in stunts and so on if you know right now we try to use as few wires as possible because you know you have to digitize them out and everything and it was kind of a laborious project yeah. now it's so easy he said we can do amazing things put wires all over the place do things that are just incredibly magical and then you just shoot the thing and just paint it all out it's it's so easy to do right now but he said it's not about the ai but it's how people use it any tool can get out of hand any tool can make a huge difference for the good in your life so but it'll be interesting it's there there's some spooky aspects of it boy do i have a story for you and this is not part of my movie news i was watching reading an article the other day and it's called ai ashley and there's a young woman in portland doing a radio show and she had rec- recorded a bunch of scripts and to the point where the ai said i don't want to hear any i know what your speech pattern is i've got it I want to know about you, Ashley. And they have an hour radio show now on a Portland station that is AI Ashley. And wow. I listened to part of it. She's giving away tickets to a, a Taylor Swift concert right. and having a conversation with the winner. I'm like, oh, Doug, we're done. Good thing you're pulling out in a couple of weeks because yeah. we might be. Isn't it, it is for Ricky? Remember on Star Trek where they go computer, you know, and then yeah. they'd, and then they'd come back with a nice but not warm voice, yeah. And you go, wow, isn't that incredible? Yeah. Oh, that's so oh. old school. And I mean, that gave me a chill when I heard actually heard her voice and having her be charismatic and have a personality blew my mind. But the real story I want to talk about is yes. Oppenheimer. Oh, okay. Test, early test audiences of the Oppenheimer movie say it plays like a horror film. Wow, yeah. Uh, director Christopher Nolan uh, completely understands why. He says the creation of the atomic bomb was a truly horrific moment for the world. This movie raises critical questions we may never have answers to about weapons of mass destruction. Nolan warns audiences that they may leave the theater speechless and feeling absolutely devastated. But the love of the characters and the relationships will keep them tuned in. And, of course, that movie opens on July 21st. Yeah. Can you imagine that? 
I, I mean, you start thinking about, you know, we've kind of gotten used to living with the bomb. Right. All of the books that I've, uh, and I've, I've read biographies. I've read, you know, one is just called Trinity, and uh, that's in, in my library. And, you know, I, I picked that up when I was back at the Philadelphia Convention for the Republican Party, just in this kind of little book nook in this, in this mallish type thing they have in downtown Philadelphia. I took that home and read it, and it does. It, it, parts of it read like a horror story. I don't know if you remember in the movie where John Cusack, you know, something's going awry with the fusion and, or fission, I think, on, on that one. Uh, anyway, whatever. But he actually reaches in and does something, and it just, you know, it doesn't instantly kill him. Yeah. But it, it is. It's like a horror movie. It's just, wow. Okay. Oppenheimer. Yeah. So it makes me nervous, but also kind of. I know. I'm, I'm really I'm looking forward to it. more intensely interested. Okay. Rock, Sylvester Stallone. Can you imagine Sylvester Stallone without the Rocky kind of launch or image that we've all had of him? Almost from square one. I mean, we saw him in a few movies, you know, here and there. But what really well, launched him. Remember how him, difficult it was for him to make that movie. Oh, Nobody absolutely. wanted to do it. And he said he never would have, writ, uh, you know, even written Rocky, you know, had his career taken off a little sooner. He said it was kind of in the doldrums. Things weren't working out. He was struggling, and he was, you know, discussing various aspects of his career. He with, was going to sell his dog. Yeah. Well, Wall Street Journal. Uh, and he said that he wrote a truly horrible original draft of the Oscar-winning movie just because he wasn't making it. And he said, if I had uh, made it like I wished I had earlier on in my career, I never would have turned to writing. I did that to fill time, to feel creative, even though the writing was truly horrible. It wasn't even birdcage worthy, he said. <laughs> but if if his career had just even a little bit taken off more, we might not have had the whole Rocky thing and everything. It was just kind of written out of desperation and to kill time. Well, that's a perfect story if you, know, if you feel like nothing's going right for you and then you do something like that and it becomes... A sensation. That's a yeah, pretty cool and story. And all of a sudden, bam. All right, what else have you got here, Stephen? Well, yesterday, our movie hero, Bruce Campbell. Oh, we love Bruce. Of Evil Dead fame, <laughs> turned 65. Really? Yes. Oh, he's just a puppy. And it's no secret that horror writer Stephen King is a huge fan of his work. Campbell tweeted yesterday, says, okay, so I'm 65 today. Time to retire, I guess. Thanks for watching. <laughs> oh, gee. To which King responded in all caps, don't you dare. <laughs> How old is Stephen King? I don't even know. Uh, he's in his We need to look 70s. that up. Yeah, Turns we'll... out King was a huge help in launching Bruce Campbell's acting career. I didn't know that. And also loved know. Sam Raimi's work, the director, yeah. calling him a genius. He wrote an article uh, for, I think it was um, Rolling Stone. No, it wasn't Rolling Stone. It was Twilight Zone magazine. Wow. And Stephen King, this was before The Evil Dead even came out. And he said, hey, pay attention to these guys. Yeah. They're good. So never fear, though. Bruce is slated to play a town sheriff in an upcoming TV series called Hysteria. Hysteria. Stephen King, by the way, is 75. 75. 75. Bruce Campbell. We got to know him in a movie show interview a couple of years ago when he was up in Park City doing some stuff. They were doing an Evil Dead you know, uh, deal at the Egyptian Theater. And, right. You know, we were, <laughs> I'll never forget this. You know, he's saying, I love Utah. I had no idea. I said, well, hey, we're more than, you know, the Osmonds and Hallmark movies. And there's this pause, and he goes, well, I'm doing a Hallmark movie. <laughs> and it was actually a pretty good Hallmark it movie. It was. One December night. Yeah. 
Yeah, I like Where that. Where he played a former like Simon and Garfunkel thing. You know, and he was one of those interviews. I heard that he could be a little quirky, and even you know, kind of like if you say something stupid, he makes yeah, you he'll feel call like, you out. Yeah. yeah, he was a delight. He was. Well, that's because you know we threw good questions at him. We did. We did. I it, it, it was the genius of the movie show that just you know. Turned him into a nice guy. Well, if you ever get a chance to see Bruce Campbell do his little thing wherever he goes, it is an absolute scream. He says, "Who's came? Who came here from the farthest point? You? Oh, here's five dollars for gas going <laughs> yeah, back. That's right, drive back. So. Okay, Tom Cruise. What's the most iconic scene, especially from the early Cruise career that we all remember? You think uh, of Tom Cruise younger. Da, 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 da. That scene. You think of him sliding in. Yeah, exactly. You hit the music right on the nose. That's it. You know, well, he, he recently talked a little bit about what it took to do the, the great slide. And apparently, ahead of the 40th anniversary of Risky Business, you know, 40th anniversary, God. killing me. Cruz reflected on that. He was 19 years old, shooting the film in 82, released in 83. He said, I'll never forget the night that I shot the scene where he does the big slide in. And then does the, the scene. I tried that one. It's got a sliver in my Yeah, throat. exactly. Paul Brickman, great filmmaker, according to Cruz, said he and I talked about it. And he said, here's the choreography. I grew up dancing in my underwear in my house. And who didn't? And, you okay. know. Yeah, okay. Sure. And so, anyway, when directly asked if Cruz still dances around in his underwear, Cruz replied, yeah, I still do. But here's the thing. It looks just easy, doesn't it? I mean, every kid has done the slide, whether you get slivers or not, and your socks. And and he said, it's not as easy as you think. He said, I thought that would be so cool. And he said, so I went out there. you've got to keep your balance. Went out in regular. Oh, it's not so much the balance. It's where you stop because you've got to be right dead center on the camera shot. In the doorway, It's like hit your marks. How do you hit your marks when you're sliding in your socks? So anyway, they tried it, and the socks just weren't working. It was just kind of stopping. And then they really slicked it up. And he said, I just went sliding right out of the scene. He said, so finally we figured out we put sticky stuff down where I was supposed to stop. And it actually worked. So there you go, Steve. So the next time you're dancing around in your underwear, sliding along your... You're, you know, entertaining your cats at night, you know. <laughs> Steve is oh, becoming. I'm miss you so much. Steve is becoming a cat guy. I, I never would have thunk it. I wouldn't either, but yeah. they just amuse me. But your to cats no are going to love this, so now you'll know how to do it. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah, just that, put down sandpaper somewhere. That even disturbed me. Got anything else? <laughs> no, that's it. Okay, well, that's a good note to wrap this puppy up on. <laughs> Let's take a break. The Movie Show. It is not a donut hole, but a smaller donut with its own hole. And our donut is not a hole at all. On KSL News Radio. Now, I mentioned before we took the break that uh, Mac Wilberg is here with us and Ron Gunnell. And boy, you know, when you see these two gentlemen, you know, show up in our studio back at KSL or here as they did today at our remote broadcast for the movie show. You know, something very, very cool is coming up. Uh, Mac Wilberg, of course, the music director for the Tabernacle Choir on Temple Square, and Ron Gunnell here with us, global envoy for the choir presidency. And, you know, we talked with uh, Michael Levitt a while back about uh, some of the different structure and so on. Now it's a, it's a presidency. And he's the president, and then there are the two counselors and so on. And then I I look at these two uh, individuals that are here with us on the program today that 
do so much and is so integral to what the choir is and what it does. And Ron and Mac, I feel like I'm talking to old friends here. Hey, thank you so much. Ron, thank you for being here. I'm honored to be here. Mac, you and I have known, known uh, each other a long time, even before the choir, back to the have. you know BYU days uh, for you, and it's a real honor to have you here today. And whenever you two uh, do drop by our program, I know that there's a big announcement to be made. But before we make a particular announcement, let's review what's been going on with uh, the choir over the last little while. You know, we were talking about how the pandemic just changed literally the world. Every institution, every performing group, every radio program, television show, movies, everything, business changed in that time. And But the world tour, you guys are back. Let's talk about that. We are. We just returned four days ago from a uh, week spent in Mexico and three concerts. Wow. First time back in Mexico since, what, 1972, right? Well, 50 years ago. So I think you can believe that, 50 years. Hard Is, to imagine. Yeah. You know, we were talking off the air a little bit about the challenge for, first of all, you know, I I know transporting the Tabernacle Choir is no easy job. You know, whether you're going across the street or whether you're going, you know, thousands of miles away over in Europe or now in, in Mexico. But there's a little altitude issue there as well. Mac, you know, being the expert on voice and music and everything else, that kind of altitude and dry air makes a big difference. It does, and I think that some of us experienced a little bit of uh, altitude. Uh, I don't know if you'd call it sickness, but some effects of it. But, right. But everybody rallied, and, and uh, we had really three terrific concerts. Let's talk the the altitude. When, when you were at the cathedral, this, this was quite uh, quite a deal, and that's even higher than Mexico City. That's right. Yeah. Tell us about that. What was it like to perform in that iconic cathedral? Well, it was a thrill. I, in my time with the choir, which is going on, or actually 24 years now, I, don't, I think it's the first time that we've actually done a full performance in a cathedral. Yeah. And it was, it was really a, a great experience. Of course, cathedrals always or generally have a, a really great acoustic, which is... Always great for music making. So yeah. we, we had a good time there. This yeah. was Toluca. It was yeah, Toluca. Just, and, just... you know, we were so warmly welcomed by the Catholic Church They were and the city. I mean, they were they bent over backwards in every possible way to accommodate everything we needed. It was absolutely amazing. This might be a good transition. Oh, by, by the way, when we talk world tour, what's the next step? When will the, the next part of the world tour take place, Ron? We haven't officially announced where we're going, but... Uh, oh, this is the perfect time. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure here. Yeah, no we'll, leave that for, uh, we'll leave that for higher-ups to, to tell us when, but it'll be next year. Yeah, and uh, this is the pilot launch for our world tour, and and uh, it was successful. And we've learned a lot, and we're prepared for twenty four. Oh, that, that that is exciting. I'm I'm anxious to find out what the next step is on the world tour. But while in in Mexico, of course, our our amazing choir and everything else that goes with it. But uh, did you have some special guests that were performing with the choir down there? We did. We had some wonderful special guests, and I'm going to let Mac tell us who they are. But uh, we were extremely pleased with them, and they they surprised us and delivered everything that we had hoped for and even more. And uh, we were so honored to have them uh, on the program, and, and it was just great. Now, 
Mac, let's talk about these individuals. And as we introduce them, there'll be a chance for us to enjoy their talents, right? That's right. Uh, we will, this summer concert will provide a chance to see much of the program that we shared in Mexico. And, uh, <clears throat> of course, drawing on a rich, the rich diversity and cultural his- history of Latin America, we'll, we'll be featuring a lot of music, including these two wonderful uh, guest artists. And this will be during the Pioneer Days celebration That's and the correct. days of 47 yes. and everything else, the concert that we all look forward to. And this time it'll be on the 14th and 15th. But I'm anxious for you to introduce us to our two special guests. And I believe we have them on the phone. Mac, who, who will we be talking to? Well, we I we're we're delighted that they're with us this, this morning, and we're happy to uh, introduce Adasa, as as well as Alex Malesio, who are who are with us in Mexico City, and and just were terrific. Adasa and Alex, welcome to KSL. Welcome to our movie show today. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having us. What 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 a pleasure to have have I've heard such great things about you from this concert, but also in your performing lives and the different avenues that you have uh, exercised your talents in. It's it's really quite remarkable to hear of the things that you've been engaged in. And for Adasa, the uh, you know both Steve and I, Steve is is my great friend and co-host of the movie show here we absolutely loved enchanted and i have to tell you adasa that's one of the things that many of us who have worked in radio or you know like to think that we have a little voice talent here and there i just so envy anybody who's ever been a voice in a disney movie and you did it the uh, movies in canto (laughs) doug and um i was telling uh, adasa in mexico that my grandson sings that entire movie every day so he's only five years old and he loves the movie yeah and so when he heard that adasso was was with us he just couldn't believe it well let's talk about how how that came about uh you're being in a movie like that because as i mentioned steve and i both loved encanto oh thank you so much doug um well it was such a surprise i had all of my year tour set up and then all of a sudden we get this phone call and Christopher Meek, which is there in Salt Lake City, said, hey, I have, you know, we got a call. And I couldn't believe it. I was so excited and uh, coordinating it was quite a thing. Um, but we made it happen. My husband, Gabriel Candiani, was able to be with me. And, you know, celebrating the heritage of Mexico through music and being able to share with the Tabernacle Choir. They sang some incredible international pieces. And just being there and meeting those people who have just been waiting for over 50 years to hear the choir live again. And there was over 200,000 people who watched live online on top of the 20,000 that came out to see us those both nights. So I'm just so delighted that I was able to be there and witness such a, a miracle happen. Alex, I, I so appreciate you joining us as well. And, you know, I was I was reading up a little bit on you, and I'm so looking forward to hearing your talents here in Utah. But uh, finalist in the I Have Talent, a lot of talent. And then also you have uh, been a songwriter and are so well-known. Let's talk a little bit about your career, Alex. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Doug, and thank you, everybody, for having me on as well. Yes, it's been it's been a long journey. I, in the last fifteen years, it's it's really when I've I've 
taken off or done a lot more in songwriting, performing, um, voiceover, anything voice related. Uh, I, I've dabbled or done. And to, to Adasa's point, Doug and, and everybody there and, and all listeners, Mexico City this last weekend was absolutely uh, a highlight in my career, in my life. Uh, my wife was also able to be there. Same with my daughter who flew in with, with uh, her grandma to, to watch the shows. It was it was something very difficult to describe. The eagerness of the people to to participate, to connect, to dance, to sing. It was like anything uh, I've seen thus far. And uh, I really can't wait for what's coming here in the next month. I, w- I was going to ask both of you uh, about that. It's it's always intriguing to find out when you discover that you are going to be or have worked to or been asked and invited to uh, be a, a soloist and to be a highlight of a, a tabernacle choir concert or broadcast, whatever it might be. How How big a deal is that for you? And I'll ask that of both Adasa and especially uh, being here in Utah for a huge event in our state, the uh, celebration of the pioneers' arrival in the Salt Lake Valley back in 1847. Adasa, for you, what are you anticipating, and uh, what what are some of your thoughts in performing with this great choir? Uh, well, for starters, I mean, after being able to share the stage with wonderful artists from around the world like Pitbull, Daddy Yankee, Snoop Dogg and playing on stages from the Madison Square Garden to the Hollywood Bowl, I was shaking in my shoes when I had to step out with the choir because they're just majestic. I mean, it's like hearing angels. And now being able to be at Salt Lake City, singing this wonderful event for Pioneer Day, remembering those who came ahead of us to be able to bring faith and be able to give us the opportunity to share our faith and and be able to do that all over the world is a gift that we get to give back. And when you step onto that stage between the musicality and the beautiful singing that you hear behind you, it's like, oh, you have to live it in person if you haven't had an opportunity. For me, it was my first time. And honestly, it's, it's just such an amazing experience. And I wish everybody to come out and enjoy it with us. And you never know. I think you have a voice for some voiceover work. Maybe we should talk when we're in Salt Lake. <laughs> oh, that's very kind of you to say. <laughs> now, I do have one big question, because in a resume, I mean, when you've got Pitbull and you've got, you know, Daddy Yankee and probably most important, Snoop Dogg, where is the choir going to fit into that resume, before or after Snoop Dogg? Hopefully oh, my before. goodness. It goes on that top spot. Are you kidding me? I mean, the, the people I got to meet, it's undescribable. I think I've had the treat to do it. I hope one of them get to do it as well, maybe. <laughs> Alec, you all, you also uh, mentioned just, you know, how, how exciting it was and what a thrill it was to perform with the choir. But maybe you could elaborate a little of that uh, and coming up here to Utah and performing with that great choir here, kind of at the epicenter of, of the choir's world. Yes, absolutely. You know, I, I'm not going to go, I can't compete with Adasa in, in naming my collaborations. I'm not going to embarrass myself there. Um, but um, I am, I am beyond excited and thrilled. Uh, I've grown, I, I grew up around, you know, listening to the choir 
I've known how amazing the choir and the reach and the purpose and the mission of the choir has been since I was very little. Um, and being from Mexico, I think I have a distinct flavor and appreciation for the impact that the choir has when they when they do events outside of Utah, outside of the U.S. It's truly something that people look forward to, and 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 it was amazing again. But coming to Utah, uh, which I live in Utah, <clears throat> and performing here where it all originated, where the choir. Uh, practices and rehearses and, and performs regularly. It, it's truly, honestly, for me, a dream come true. Um, I'm a big fan of the choir and, and everything the choir does. And so it's definitely at the top of my list in terms of opportunities, performances. And uh, I can't wait to bring some of that energy to Utah, to, to Salt Lake City, uh, as we saw in Mexico. And uh, I know people who attend are going to really, really be in for a treat and leave very um, glad that they attended. It'll be a it'll be a fun show. It is so kind of uh, both of you to I, join I, us. I gotta say, joining Alex on stage, he is amazing with just the crowd and people. He's so great, and also watching Mac in person because I haven't had the pleasure of seeing it in person. I just wanted him to raise that hand. There was this little six year old boy. I think it was like six or eight. He came in his little suit, and he was just doing every move right along with Mac. And so to be with Mac and be taken so well, I mean, Ron had such great care with us. And Ryan, we got to speak a little behind the scenes as well. Um, So it's just wonderful. You guys have to come out. You're going to leave inspired to be able to continue your own personal missions. If it's taking care of your kids or working a nine-to-five, trust me, every smile counts for somebody else's spirit to be uplifted and you will leave there knowing that you felt something different than just another day in your own world. I I can't thank you both enough for uh, joining us here on the radio today, but also, you know, sharing your great talents with us. And I I so look forward to the concert that's coming up on the 14th and the 15th. So, Adasa, thank you so much for joining us. And Alex Malicio, thank you for being part of our radio program today, and we'll look forward to seeing you on stage. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. (laughs) It's a a joy for us to have you here. They seem pretty excited. Boy, I'll tell you, you know, and, you know, you hear all kinds of things in the the conversation there, but, you know, just imagine standing there on the stage and having those voices behind you, having Mac conducting and all of the things that go along with that. I mean, it has to be. I don't care, you know, where you're from. I don't care what your background is. I don't care what your religion is. I don't care what your status in the performing world is. That has to be a highlight for just about anybody in the known universe. You know, there there was a term that was used several times by both of our artists here, and the term was mission. The mission of the choir, you know, what your personal mission in life is to raise a family, whatever it might be, how the music of the choir uh, lifts us and inspires us. That's a big part of the deal for the Tabernacle Choir, Mac, you know. It is, and in fact, the the theme of our concert in Mexico City was hope. Yeah, yeah. Rounding up this kind of talent, you know, you've uh, you've talked to us a lot on the air over the years, Ron, and I've even seen a uh, fireside that you have done 
kind of giving a little backstory. I don't know how you round these folks up, how you, first of all, discover them. Because some of them, honestly, I remember the first time that, you know, I was told about Sissel. Mm-hmm. I'd never heard of Sissel. And then when I was reminded of her talent and what she had, I went, oh, of course, I've heard her a lot, but I was not, where, where, and some of them are just iconic names from around the world. How do you come up with these? You know, it's just a collaboration of, of minds and, and with Mac Wilberg and David Warner and myself and, and others, we, we seriously look at, at the program and the story and the songs and, and we try to look at what, who would best suit those shows and uh, then we go. Yeah. And we try to find them. Yeah. And it's been, I think, miracle after miracle, year after year, that we've been able to be so blessed with so many incredible, talented artists. You know, I'm feeling that I'm slipping here, Matt, because I haven't tried to weasel out of anybody, including your <laughs> artists. I usually prey on them, thinking they're the most vulnerable on what some of the content will be. Maybe you could just describe the spirit of what you're hoping for during our... And, of course, if you want to slip any songs or any particular things, that you know, we will not censor that. So what, what is coming up on the 14th and 15th? Well, as I said, m- most of the program will really be from the concerts that we presented in uh, Mexico City. And there's a... As we always say, there'll be something for everyone. Yeah. And... Uh, uh, We'll be we'll be doing a few of our selections in Spanish. We worked very hard to be able to sing in the language that with those with whom we were uh, performing. But much much of it will be in English. Right. And uh, uh, if you haven't been at a choir concert for a while, there'll be a few surprises. Oh, that's that sounds great. There always are surprises, no doubt about it. Let's walk through the. The must-knows, so people can uh, can hopefully see the concert, have a good shot at you know getting tickets. How does that work, Ron? So, Doug, we're blessed along the Wasatch Front to have uh, an ever-growing, diverse population, and we invite everyone to come and enjoy the colorful musical program that we're going to put forth. Uh, tickets are available now online at tabchoir.org. There is an article on the homepage about the summer concert specifically, and you can take a look at that from to find out more about tickets. Or you, under events on the website, you can click on Summer Concert 2023 for tickets. Mm-hmm. Given the anticipation surrounding this event, Doug, we encourage people to secure their tickets as soon as possible. Uh, there is a limit of four tickets per account or email address. Let's talk about uh, the, the capacity. Are we going full tilt capacity? We're not quite there yet, but uh, we're at 18,000, so it's it's pretty good. Uh, yeah. We're very close to our 21,000 uh, capacity, but uh, the, we've been given approval to to raise it to fit to eighteen. These are these are still some of the remnants of uh, what That's we went right. through with the pandemic, and I so enjoyed the Christmas concert. I always do, but this year to kind of be back and you know, but even then, you know, I looked around at those seats and I thought, oh gosh, how many people you know could have been here. Back in the day, and and we're getting back to that. So that's only three thousand seats. Yeah, not... you know, yeah, exactly. I can't thank you both enough. Not only for being here today, but over the years, this has been just such a great part of my uh, broadcast career and things that I look back on so fondly. You know, the announcements that we've done, the fun that we have had in making the announcements for Christmas and for the Pioneer Days uh, every year, and. I, I just consider you dear, dear friends, and I, I just can't thank you enough. Well, we wanted to be here, Doug, like I mentioned. Uh, we wanted to be here in person as you're winding down here in a couple of weeks. Yeah. 
And uh, we felt it was important to express our appreciation and gratitude to you for the many, many years of support. And uh, it's, it's just been really wonderful to have you part of this program. I've loved the association with the choir. And I remember I, I've joked with people, I only retire every five years. And, but five years ago, I remember just prior to uh, stepping down from the daily uh, radio program, being able to do that, uh, that live show from, right. from the tabernacle right. and crawling through the organ. And I'm not that that is an accurate description yes, yeah. <laughs> you know winding your way through the innards of that organ was just a thrill of a lifetime and i'm not kidding you mac thank you so much doug we've always been so honored and grateful to be with you oh thank you it means it means so much to me mac wilberg and of course ron gunnell give my best to uh, president levitt and everybody of the choir so many people not just the people you see but so many people thank you Worked uh, so hard. Doug, may I just give one last thought uh, before we leave uh, in relationship to the choir's mission? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Tabernacle Choir and the Orchestra at Temple Square uh, were making efforts to take our message throughout the world. Uh, and this first trip to Mexico City was really our first uh, of, a, of a kind of a five-year plan uh, to go around the world with this message of love and hope and our testimonies. And uh, we hope you'll follow us. Uh, even though you may not be with us uh, in a studio, <laughs> yeah, uh, we hope you'll follow us. Oh, absolutely. Uh, long before I, I ever even sat in a broadcast studio, I'd go downtown, meet my grandpa, and we'd go over to the rehearsals on, on Temple Square. And we'd, we'd listen to that magnificent organ. And my grandfather was a singer as well, not in the choir, but with the Orpheus Club and different things. And my grandfather loved the Tabernacle mm-hmm. Choir. As, as I do. Thank you Thank so you. much Thank for you, joining Doug. us today. Mac Wilberg with us, along with Ron Gunnell. And boy, what a treat we have coming up here in less than a month during the Pioneer Days celebrations, the Days of 47, here in the Intermountain West. It's not just here in Utah, but the Intermountain West. And on the 14th and 15th, go to tabchoir.org. Steve, we need to review a movie. Which one should we do here? Let's let's save Asteroid City for a little while okay. uh, later, maybe in the 11 o'clock hour. But um, one that really kind of blew my mind was called The World's Best. The World's Best. Let's get some sound. I actually need some help with something. It's about Dad. I miss him too, Bram. I'll never know who I am unless I know who he was. Your father had a real way with words. Wait, Dad was a rapper? Hi. Dad? Seth. Are you ghost? A go- No. I'm too old for an imaginary friend. Well, you're too young for a midlife crisis, but here we are. Okay, that sounds intriguing. This is a cute little Disney Plus movie yeah. that I had no idea was coming out. They sent me the link for it, and I thought, all right, well, I'll watch it. And it stars, the father is the guy that plays the lead in the series, Ghost, which is kind of funny because he's the one that can't see the ghost, the wife does, and then the house is filled with ghosts. But in this one, he has passed, and uh, his son, though, is a brilliant kid. You know, he's um, the math genius. And, in fact, he's taking, uh, he's a seventh grader, but part of his day he spends at the high school um, taking advanced math for, with the 11th graders. And they're all excited about the math Olympics coming up and yep. all that. Um, but it's really about a father and son. And the kid has such a vivid imagination that he's kind of created this imaginary friend. Even though his mother has not really told him much about his dad. He, he passed away when, he was, when the kid was five. 
And but then she says, you know, you know, he opens a box and finds all these little CDs and or you know, um, things that were recording. And he was a rapper and really pretty good at it. Yeah. Um, and so, it the conversation between him and his imaginary friend, which is his father, it is absolutely. I I just couldn't believe it. And it they actually explained to me what the deal is with hip hop. And it's the first time in my life that I've actually gone. You know what? That actually makes sense. I think I'm beginning to understand what hip hop is all about. Groovy? No, not groovy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought we buried that word about four, <laughs> seventy years ago. But I was so intrigued, and you know, there's always the bully at the school, and yeah. they're picking on poor Prim. He's just a great kid, but um, his father's the the conversations that they have, and the the inspiration that they give each other, it, it's just a charming little movie. Is I it only s- Disney Plus? Yeah. So not and, uh, on the big screen? No. Oh, but here God. are some of the things he says. Um, fear keeps us from living. Yeah. His dad told him that at one point. Bullies are afraid of dreamers. Mm. Uh, you know, and Little things like that just kept popping up. And so I came out of that movie just thinking, wow, it's just adorable. Okay. So world's world's best Disney Plus. It is PG, squeaky clean. Okay. And although there's a little sass here and there, but um, I, I B plus. B wow. Yeah. Steven. I know a B plus. A, a hip hop movie that I. You're becoming a hip hop cat man. I'll tell you what. The, the way they explained it, I thought, you know what? I think I get it now. Wow. Well, you have to do some splendid for me. Yeah, All I right. know. All right. Hey, we want to remind everybody you can join the Movie Show Club. It's a really good time to get on board <clears throat> with the Movie Show. Got a frog in my throat. With the Movie Show Club, because you never know what's uh, around the corner here on the Movie Show with, like, movies to see. Yep. Maybe you can even get a we, – we need to print up some loser t- – you know, before I I leave the scene here. Pass this mortal coil? What are you talking about? And to turn things over to you and Andy, we got to get some loser T-shirts. Yeah? Yeah, even black ones. Ooh, okay, now you're talking. You've got the one and only black one in existence. You can join the Movie Show Club by texting the word movie to the Cypress Credit Union KSL text line at 575 575- Zero zero. It's ten forty-five. Let's take a break. We'll be back with more of the movie show. Maybe a little telephone torture. Maybe <laughs> what? Oh, Why do you always chortle? Because you love this so much. Well, you know, you just talk to the guys from the choir. Well, it's well. This is such. You think a they sur- would do a loser song? This is. Uh, <laughs> they could sing Frank's loser song. That would be cool. But, you know, it's such a cerebral moment. Is it? Yes, and charming, I think, is one of the words. That's not, that and is a word, but it's not. Edifying. All wrong. Steve, I was going to do telephone torture here, but, you know, it's such a grand thing that we need to make yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. You don't that there's plenty of time. Start with that. So we can savor it. i got a short movie for you if you want. A real short movie? Well, like, the, what, 20-minute movie? No, it's it's just a you know, Cartoons. One, of those, one of those paint-by-number movies. Oh, okay. Do we have some sound from it? Uh, yeah, it's called The Perfect Find. Okay, here we go. Cheers. New job. And there might be something here for you tonight. You good, Sleeping Beauty? Could you be any cuter? You also look like a college student. I like something. A little more seasoned. Jenna! I'd like to introduce you to our new videographer. It's my son. You what? I mean, it's kind of hilarious. <laughs> Your mommy... She's my boss. Paint by numbers, huh? Kinda, yeah. Although Gabrielle Union, who is she's great. married to Dwayne Wade, uh, she's a fantastic actress. She is. Uh, she's been out of work for a while. She was in a ten-year relationship, and this is funny. I was watching this with my daughter, and uh, 
it gets to the point where the mom goes, um, you've been staying with us now for a year. You know, it's time to get back on your feet. Your father says he won't come anywhere near you as long as you're in the house. Oh, <laughs> and that was a pretty funny moment. And she, so she gets basically kicked out and moved back to New York, where she was a fashion uh, uh, editor kind of thing and starts working for a woman that she pretty much almost put out of business. And then she meets this young man at, at a nightclub. And the next day, of course, it's it's her son. Oh, no. Oh, no. And he's younger. And uh, so if mom ever finds out she's Gabriel's in big trouble. It, it's a cute movie. It's a kind of a little rom-com. It's got a little sass to it. Uh, it's rated TVMA. Um, it's a B-minus movie, though. It, it, it doesn't really go anywhere. You're knowing exactly where it's going to take you. Uh, although I think Gabrielle Union definitely elevates this film. So where do we see it again? Uh, oh, sorry. This one, uh, Perfect Find, is a Netflix. A Netflix. Netflix only. Okay. So what's your grade? Uh, B minus. B minus. All right. Title again is? The Perfect Find. Perfect Find. All right. We have much more coming up here on the movie show at KSL News Radio. And don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, D is going to be joining us here with the, uh, we used to call them the quarantine picks of the week, but the quirky picks of the week. So we'll be talking with her. We've got the movie show Top 10. That's coming up, sponsored by Call Climate Services. And of course, the world-renowned radio event, Telephone Torture. Wow. Huh? Hyperbolic and, comes to mind. And today, <laughs> no, no, we just, we just like to present it in its best light. Well, with your great radio announcer voice, it Ooh. elevates it so tremendously. Well, you know, the great announcer voice was really used on the movie show Top Ten. By the way, you're doing that either this week or next. I can't believe you're asking for that. You you got out the garlic cloves and the you know steak and silver bullets. Silver bullets and yeah, I want to hear it. So do they? Really? Yeah. I think we ought to do it from the rotunda of the Capitol. Do you think Spencer would let us come uh, up there and do that? I don't think you'd want to do that because I told him and they agreed that you should be arrested. Well, it would test the seismic, you know, strength of the building. We spent gazillions of dollars on that. That would probably do it. Yeah. <laughs> the whole thing comes tumbling down. Yeah, I don't want to be responsible for that. We've been dugged. The Movie Show. Quirky Pick of the Week. Hey, and uh, the quirky Deanne is here with the quirky Ooh. picks. And I have the quirkiest idea. Uh oh. So I was thinking on the way you could use AI to recreate that hideous top 10 bleat that Doug does. <laughs> the hideous? Did oh, she whoops. say hideous? And I did not write that down for her. I you know, all of the, you never know who's going to turn on you when they can see the end is in sight. You oh, know? What an idea, right? That was a plot twist. Steve, you brought it up. You're, you're worried about missing it? Well, I just want to hear it one more time. <laughs> Maybe oh, just, just one more time. Oh, yeah. But you could have it forever. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. You could put it on a little sleep thing. You know how sometimes for the kids, you'll put a nursery <laughs> Why would I want AI when I can get it right from the horse's yeah, but mouth? He'll be, he'll... The horse's well, at least he got the right end of the horse. Here, <laughs> but he'll so be gone, that's and, good. and then you could always have it. He's not going to be gone. Maybe, He's going to come back every other week. Like, maybe he should record okay, it for, you, it for your answer phone. He used to do this really cute Elmer Fudd thing. Hello. Hello. <laughs> it was so cute. The kids liked it. He had it on our answer phone. It was really cute. So you this could be yours. Whites. Why would I do that? Watch the Wesley Wabbit. Okay. All right. All right. So nobody likes. So what are you idea. here for, really? <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I do have a really great the quirky pick. The hideous voice. But I like to save it for the end. What I wanted to mention was uh, Doug just briefly mentioned that we took a really fun train trip yeah, on did. Amtrak. And we went to Glenwood Springs and, and both really enjoyed riding in the That's train. That's where Doc Holliday died. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah, yeah right. so many. Yeah, there's all that going on, too. But So last night we were just cruising past things and, and bumped across to across a train movie, which I think captured us both oh, because wow. we'd just been training. And uh, this is one that I think is really good. This isn't my quirky pick, but Unstoppable oh, with Denzel and Chris. <laughs> good movie, yeah. 2010, right? Edge of your seat. Yeah. You know, that's one of those, Crazy. you know, inspired by, based by, actually, you know, yeah. it's it's more on the inspired side. Oh, but, way over. Yeah. <laughs> but, wow. I like that train when it's leaning oh. around that and curve. And such like cute that. leading men. I mean, just both really, oh, yeah. really look great in this. But, so... Name another train movie. Another, uh, oh, there another are train movie. Pelham 123, wasn't that? Yeah, Pelham 123. Uh, let's see, there's... Great uh, Train Robbery. Yeah, Great Train Robbery. Great Train Robbery is yeah. a good Butch one. Cassie and the Sundance Kid, they kept oh, rubbing that movie. train. Yeah, and I'm going to go for While You Were Sleeping. That might be a little bit more light rail or something like that in Seattle. Remember, they were always up in the train booth. Yeah. Nobody remembers that, yeah. that While You Were Sleeping? You know what I remember? She pulled him off the tracks. Oh. That was the whole oh, story. Oh, oh that for some reason I had sleep in Seattle. Oh, so blank. me too. So blank. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do, you, do you remember the one with Gene Wilder and uh, Silver, Street. Silver Street? Silver Streak, of course. Oh yeah. yeah, I love it where the train comes right up and just noses into, not through. Yeah, but that was into. a good one. I was trying to think of that one. Union Pacific, Ooh, Murder Union on the Pacific. Orient Express. Uh, what was that uh, Tracy? Uh, oh. Black Rock, something at Black Rock. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and there are lots of movies that have those train fights running up. A, I think Extraction even maybe yeah. had them running on the on Remember the, the, the uh, uh, Hitchcock movie with uh, uh, Cary Grant and they're on the train? Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. It's so glamorous because that was bad. Oh, do you know Murder what? on the Orient Express. Yeah. 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 But do you know what? The Natural. Remember how the baseball oh, teams yeah. they get off yes, go, they'd had get the off. scene sitting there in the memory had the, the little showdown with the whammer yep yeah yeah oh. so train movies lots of good train movies that you could watch while you're on trains or not while you're on trains yeah, but, yeah. maybe unstoppable would not be the one you'd want to watch while you're on <laughs> Vaughn train. ryan's express Ooh. am i right or am i That's right a good one. Yeah. yeah dr shivago too oh, had, yeah. had some just just too. this so, just in ooh, yeah. north north by northwest yeah. oh that's a really oh, good one go. yeah yeah so everybody out there think 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 of train movies and and that was a fun trip that i think we would recommend a little is that the california zephyr the Cal- yeah. comes from the it west comes, coast yeah hits salt lake now this isn't like a plane where you pick your time it hits yeah. salt lake at 3 30 a.m 3 30 in the morning that's what time it comes through salt lake yeah, yeah that's when you go then it goes yeah. to helper no it goes to provo then to helper and then you're over in colorado once Spring. you get over into up in the, the plateau of Colorado, it's just gorgeous. Yeah. yeah what, do, do they have one of those cars where you oh, yeah. sit up? Observation oh, yeah. cars. Sure. And then and then there's you eat up there too. And we were on the second level. The sleeper cars are on the bottom, and we were not We were only on for eight we're hours. We're too cheap. <clears throat> well, we were only on for eight hours. Oh, uh, White Christmas. It? White Christmas. Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, Sun Valley Serenade. Serenade. Right. Back right. The trains. On yeah. the train, yeah. Sorry. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, you just hijacked my thought. <laughs> no, no. <clears throat> Sorry. It just anyway, while we were bit. in Glenwood Springs, one night, this is my quirky pick, we we're sorting through the cable and we came across 
a really great quirky pick that we watched from beginning to end, Three Amigos. Three Amigos. Yeah, which is, I think, one. No trains in that movie, but No the way. trains, but. but ni- airplanes. 1986, Steve Martin. Name, what was his name? You can't say. Do you know uh, his name? Steve Martin, he was. Um, no. Lucky Day. Lucky oh, Day. Right. Chevy Chase. Oh, uh, dust, no, no. Dusty yeah, Bottoms. Dusty, dusty Bottoms. Bottoms, that's and right. And Martin Short. Ned. Needlemeyer. Yeah, Needlelander. Yeah. Oh, Needlelander. Needlelander, yeah. And Joe Mantegna, John Lovitz in it also. Yeah, they were, so. they were the movie execs right. that blew them out when they wanted right. more money. And the guy that was, and you the, know, El, 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 El Guapo. Oh, yeah. El Guapo. Was he? He's a, he was a he's oh, a yeah, he character actor. He was in the, uh, John, uh, the John Cusack, uh, not John Cusack, uh, Romancing the Stone. Yeah. He oh, was, right. He, that's he right. He goes, John the... Wilder. You're John <laughs> Wilder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So if, you know, people haven't seen this 1986 movie. Three Amigos, it's ageless, right? I had dinner with the production designer from that movie in California one night. Did he talk about the singing bush? Yeah, talked about the singing bush. They had no idea, and the director goes, okay, it's, we're going to shoot the singing bush, and he's like, oh, crap. So we had to get in the car, and you know they were a long ways from town, went to a, a nursery, just grabbed an Arbavita, tied some um, fishing line to it, and then shook it back and forth. <laughs> And, and, uh, and it's Landau said, yeah, that'll work. And it's singing Blow the Man Down. <laughs> blow, blow, blow the Man Down. Yeah. yeah. So that's a cute movie, right? Yeah. And oh, our, yeah. our kids, our boys especially, loved it. Oh, they loved it. Yeah. It, it was on all the time. And that's where the plethora. My but, little buttercup. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't you love that? I love it when El Guapo is just sitting there watching them, and they're riding around. And <laughs> kill him. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, strong movie. recommend, Three Amigos. And I think we should have just a little moment of consideration for the poor people that went to see the Titanic. I mean, the Titanic is a movie, obviously, which has lended itself to its, you know, mystique. And wow, what a a horrible mess that is. There is no way you could get me in a chamber like that and it being locked from the outside. Nope. Well, it's interesting because our daughter says, I would have done that. I would have done that. But I don't think she envisions the fact that, I mean, this is so much deeper than even military submarines would go to. This is, this is usually dangerous. Two and and a half miles deep. Yeah. I mean, and and the craft didn't seem all that, you know, vetted. So I, I, it's, it's sad. It's too bad. Too bad that the more losses. I've been thinking about them all week and it just, yeah. It's thinking what they went through. I know. You just keep wondering, you know, I'm sure there'll be a movie made about it. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure. So anyway, that's my good news and my bad news. Okay. All right. Mostly good news. Mostly good news. Yeah. End on the sad one, though. Yeah. Really? Let's let's talk again about Yeah. Okay. Well, on that note, uh, (laughs) Dee, good to see you. It's good to see you. Thank you for dropping by for your quirkiness. <laughs> you know my favorite song from that movie is The Sunset when all the animals started singing. Oh, and they're oh, that singing. Is their harmony, three, three-part harmony is beautiful. Yeah. I like when the little tortoise is singing. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Okay. I sure opened a can of worms yeah, on that. Is, that is a family favorite. Yeah, We're out in the Three Amigos weeds here. The movie show. Who's president of the United States in 1985? Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan. The actor? On KSL News Radio. Well, I think it's time for the movie show top ten. Should we do that here, Steve? You bet. What do you think? Movie show top ten, sponsored by Call Climate Services. And um, now we do have an official open, so we probably, since we paid an exorbitant amount of money for the open, what eight fifty, which now has to be changed in a couple of weeks. Hmm. 
you know, think of think of the cost. Astronomical. Yeah, up to dollars. Exactly. Okay, here's telephone torture. The KSL Movie Show Top 10. I know where your heart is. Did I say telephone torture? Yeah. See, I'm just so excited for it. It kind of threw me off there. Yeah. (laughs) I throw myself off all the time. Okay. Number 10. Asteroid City. How in the world did that end up in there? Just, you know, what, a six platform? Six theaters. Six theaters. It made one. one, uh, Almost a million bucks. And then it's opened in the foreign box office for another two. So it's made three million bucks before it even comes to us yet. Oh, there you go. Number nine. Steve hates it when I call it Fast X. But that's well, how, the Romans don't like it. That's when you how call people it in the know. But ten. The tenth Fast and Furious movie, and you know this is dropping a lot faster than I thought it would. I thought it'd hang in kind of mid-range for a while, but in its fifth week, it's down to number nine and about one hundred and fifty million dollars. What you're missing, though, is the foreign. It is over five hundred thirty-six million foreign box office. That saved this movie six seventy-nine total. Normally, I do not like these kinds of movies, but the Boogeyman. I was surprised at how much I don't know enjoyed, but how much I appreciated the movie. Well, it's the detail and the way they presented it. The suspense is there. I thought it was a good movie too. Yeah, exactly. That's number eight. Uh, not making a ton of money. Anything internationally on that? Uh, a 19. So it's at 53. Just went over 53. Yeah, sometimes million. our horror movies don't really translate. Well, they don't cost that much. So really, the profit margin is extraordinary. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Speaking of the movie show Club, boy, I'll tell you what. You know, we were able to present that movie a little ahead of the curve Ooh. for our movie show uh-huh. listeners. But it has done well. You know, I'm over, what, 350 Roughly domestically, what are the international numbers? Uh, Four seventy-seven. It just—it's at eight twenty-three right now. So yeah. they're pretty happy about that. Oh yeah, almost a billion bucks. Yeah. Wow. The blackening. I know nothing. I. This is still on my list to see. It is a horror movie with all a black cast, and they're deciding. They're playing a game, and the game is are who is black the blackest? Yeah, right. <laughs> I thought that was a great <clears throat> idea. Okay. The Little Mermaid, you know, it, it's hanging in there out four weeks. It's right in the middle of the herd here. It's made well over a quarter of a million dollars domestically, internationally. Uh, 213 foreign, so it's at 471, but again, they thought more. for a Disney movie like this. Yeah, they thought more on that. Uh, Transformers Rise of the Beasts. Boy, this took a real plunge. Uh, it's uh, number, they've been out two weeks, number four. A little over $100 million domestically. You know, the problem with this movie is that there's so many other Transformer movies that were awful. I know. That this one actually turned out to be good. And all of us talked about that, that I actually, you know, I I kind of like this movie. I, I thought it was better than some yeah. of them. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. You know, in three weeks, it's made about $300 million domestically. Another 209 foreign. It just hit the $500 million. Okay. That's a visually, you know, for me, not being a full spider geek, you know, I was having a hard time tracking in some places, but I sure appreciate the artistic. Oh, uh, man. Apparently there's this kid that actually, you know, the section where the spider verse becomes Lego. Yeah. Yeah. A kid built that. Really? And the director saw it and he's like, we got to use that. We got to do that. Yeah, Work that into the script. Elemental. Uh, this cute little movie, not my favorite Pixar movie, but it's kind of in the middle of the herd on Pixar. You know, I'm really worried about, you know, because Pixar, remember Soul and Luca and yeah. Turning Red all went directly to Disney Plus. Yeah. 
And so people are thinking, well, Elemental will probably be there too. Yep. So I think that's probably why people didn't go see it, even though it is a you know decent Pixar yeah. movie. Yeah, it's a real good middle-of-the-herd Pixar movie, and it's worth seeing on the big screen just for the cartoon. But yep. considering it's a $200 million budget and oh, it's made worldwide 56. That ain't good. That's not good. The Flash, that's the number one movie in America. And it's made uh, over the opening weekend was fifty five million. What did it do over all the week? Uh, Sixty six as of yesterday, and then seventy five foreign. It's at one forty one. But boy, I think we talked about the superhero fatigue. Yeah, it might be. Settling. That was actually Blake Anderson who was yeah. talking about that. President Big Kahuna of the Megaplex Theaters. I feel it. I really do. I, uh, you know, I I I love superhero movies generally, but yeah. I'm just going, man, make another movie for me. I like real good rom- rom-coms, too, you know? Sure. So. You probably think this world is a dream come true, but you're wrong. On KSL News Radio. The movie show at KSL News Radio, and we've got to do telephone torture. Do we? Because I mean, really, do it, we? it needs, you know, Jeff, you've, you've witnessed telephone torture before. It's, it's a very cerebral thing. Oh. Cerebral is a good word. And we've really made it. That's just a word, not the actual word. You know, it isn't just winning and losing anymore. We've we've added a lot of just raw intelligence to it. uh, Intelligence? I hadn't thought of that word, but yes. uh Degradation comes to mind. Okay. So what we've got here, we're going movie music today. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we have fabulous prizes worth up to dollars provided by the Megaplex Theaters, and that's two tickets, so you can see whichever movie you would like at whichever Megaplex Theater that you would like to go to. You so get, no more Father's Day deals. You get to, Yeah, that's right. That was an amazing deal that to was put a, together. Yeah. And then, of course, we have uh, the tickets. We have two drinks to enjoy, and Steve, hmm. the tub of popcorn yeah. is included. Why not? All right. So fabulous prizes worth up $2. And on telephone torture today, the phone number will be KSL Talk, 575-8255. And we will ask you to listen to just a little bit of a theme song from a movie and name that movie. So let's go to our first, I mean, potential winner who is uh, joining us on the line today. And hi, who's this? Hey, this is Tom. Tom. Okay. Are you ready for this? I'm going to give it a good try. Okay, so here's a little sound from a motion picture, and in a very, we'll only give you a little brief moment of time Name here. that tune? Yeah, it's a name that tune, so here we go. Okay, Tom, name Haunted that. Haunted Mansion. What's Haunted <laughs> Mansion? That's a good guess. Oh, that's what about my guess. But no, it was... Mars attacks. Oh. That is a, that's, oh, that was so sneaky. Sad. That's a real glitchy, you know, kind of. It's it's a guilty pleasure of mine. Mars attacks. <laughs> I love it when they play the swim, Slim Whitman tunes and it blows the the heads off the aliens. Pretty cool. <laughs> was he the right. Whistler guy? Yeah. 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 Oh, and it, Yodel. You know. Oh boy. You know, sold. Do you remember this on the old ad? Sold more records than the Beatles. Really? They said that? You go, in which universe Lies. did that happen? Okay, well, Tom, you know how to do it. Embrace it. What are you? I am a loser. Yeah, that's true. Sorry, Thomas. Some of these sore losers keep trying to talk to me. Y'all need to focus on winning. Stop focusing on me. <laughs> need to focus on winning stuff instead of losing. Well, that sounds churchy almost. Really? <laughs> really? 
I go to a different ward. Than you. <laughs> I was go, yeah, that must be an interesting ward you go to. Okay, so, or parish or diocese or whatever. Yeah, know, thanks. Synagogue, you know, whatever it might be. Okay, now, what we're going to do on this next one is, well, we'll, we'll I, w- I was going to do a little skipping around, but I'm not, I'm not going to break the rules. Let's go back to the phone line. And hi, who's this? What rules are you? No, no, no. Who's this? Who's this? This is Max. Max, how are you? Good, how are you? Well, I'm doing well. Are you sure you're doing well? <laughs> Speaking of Mars attacks, I think they attacked his Max phone. on Mars. Okay, are you ready to hear this soundbite? Yes. Okay, here we go. Okay, everybody here knows what that is. Max, do you know what it was? I know that too, but I can't think of what it's off of. Oh, think of the World War II, think of the Pacific. Oh, well, I'm giving you way too many clues. It's Bridge on the River Kwai, and you are a loser. Yeah, hit the button. You lose? Yeah. Good day, sir. Good day, sir. Okay, we're, we're very that was a, that was a pretty easy one. That was an easy one. Yeah. Okay. Now let's go back to the phone line and hi. Who's this? Hey, this is Tom again. Tom, how many phones do you have? I only use one phone. One phone. He's got the Benford four thousand. But he's yeah, he's the Benford four thousand. Okay. Here we go, Tom. Listen to this tune. Here we go. Okay, name name the movie. uh, Chariots of Fire. That's it. Come back, kid. Chariots of Fire. Tom, you are a big wiener. Wiener. Now, Tom, you know that I always have a fail-safe just in case. I call it the idiot-proof. Do you want to hear what the idiot-proof one was? I really do, yes. Okay, let's see if Tom can answer this one. Here we go. <laughs> Hold on, I think I got this one. <laughs> now, was that idiot proof or was that? I don't idiot think proof? you can get more direct than that. I, well, I, Tom, I think, I'm... I think that's never say never again. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We just took your prize yeah. away. Nice yeah, that's right. From Russia with love. Okay, you have won fabulous prizes worth up to dollars, which includes two movie tickets. You've won a tub of popcorn and the two drinks, and all you have to do. Because, you know, nothing's really free. You've already worked for it. You, you name the movie. But there's one little chore before we can bestow all those fabulous prizes upon you. And I'm sure you know what to do. Well, yes, I do. I, I had to win and lose one more time before you left. But Ooh. we need to hear Frank sing about it. I gave you those records for it. So there Th- you go. Those are great, by the way, Tom. And, <laughs> and, I, and, you know, I got it home, and I didn't realize there were two in there. So I am actually going to share that with Steve. It only cost him 10 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Just left him yeah, speechless. Uh, Tom's speechless for once. There we go. All right. In other words, what you're saying is it's not a double album. All right. <laughs> now, Tom introduced Frank, so let's let's hear it. Here's to the losers. Here's to the losers. Bless them all. 
just screams Frank, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that song's growing on me. Hey, a big thanks to our friends at the Megaplex Theaters, the proud sponsors of... <laughs> most of them are proud. Most of them. I think even Blake's coming around. Mm. Proud sponsors of Telephone Torture. The Movie Show. <laughs> it's a fake laugh. It's real. On KSL News Radio. We got some movies to talk about here, and let's do Asteroid City. Okay. Here. Just, just really quickly, Wes Anderson fans, here's the movie for you this week. I don't like the way that guy looked at us. The alien. How did he? How did he look? Like we're doomed. Maybe we are. I've just informed the president. How long can they keep us in Asteroid City legally? The world will never be the same. That's an alien doing Jeffy Jacks. That's an alien in a top hat. What's out there? The meaning of life. Maybe there is one. Okay, maybe the meaning of life is in this movie, but for me, and again, I, I Royal Tenenbaums, uh, the fantastic Mr. Fox, Grand Budapest Hotel, even the Isle of Dogs, I liked oh, a yes. lot. But this movie, it's kind of like he out west himself, you know, mm-hmm. and it's playing to just a handful of his craziest fans. And boy, with the lineup on this, and again, the reason to see this movie—if you're look—if you're looking, aching for a reason to see this movie—is just to do the star count. It is incredible who is starring in this bizarre little movie, Asteroid City, out in the middle. Of, they're uh, testing atomic bombs in the background. There's kind of this play going on type thing. See, that's and, where I got kind of like, why? I know. Sometimes, you know, you go, okay, well, this is, I'm trying to get, and then all of a sudden they walk backstage and go, well, I don't think that went very well. And you go, what? Yeah, there's too many layers. If, if they'd have stuck with Asteroid City, I would have been fine. Yeah. Everything that was going on, these people are stuck there. It's a quirky little town yeah. and, you know, the on-ramp that goes to nowhere. Yeah. All that worked. It's it, all the little layers of, look, I can really make this even more yeah. weird. And aliens and everything. It's kind yeah. of like a Roswell. And then, then there's, you know, these kids that have lost a, a mother. So where are we going to take moms whose ashes are in the Tupperware? Okay, that was kind of funny. And that was kind of funny, I have to admit. And Grandpa. Jason Schwartzman. And- yeah, and Grandpa, who is Tom Hanks. And there was, I, I mentioned it was almost a little bit like Bad Coen Brothers. You know, Coen Brothers, I think, could have pulled this out. Wes Anderson could have pulled this out, but I think he just played to the quirk, and so I, I wasn't a big fan of this movie. I almost fell asleep. Okay. And by As- almost, I did. Asteroid City. Let's get to the one you want to talk about the most, and that's Take Care of Maya. Uh, this is a documentary from Netflix. Uh, it is a story of a Florida family who have a daughter. She's 12, and she has this very rare disease. I mean, her feet are turning in. I mean, and they've done everything. They went to and they had a... Went to Mexico based on their doctor's recommendation to have something that we couldn't even do here. And they come back, and the mistake they made was taking this poor girl to a hospital. Mm. And immediately they thought, this is child abuse or Munchausen by proxy. Because the mom was very Polish. She was just very stern. And she was a nurse. So she knew everything that was going on, had written down everything. And where this goes, and when one lady decides... This child is going to be protected by the state from you wacky parents. It is unbelievable what happens from there. It is the talk about a horror story, and it's called Take Care of Maya. And oh my gosh, those kind of movies drive me insane. Oh, Amber just, came in and started listening. She goes, "What just happened?" And I told her, she's like, oh, "I can't watch this." Yeah, it is. It's chilling. It really is. Take care of Maya. Probably one of the best documentaries. I've seen this year. Okay. Anything else we should just quickly mention? Yes. Uh, let's see. We have Past Lives. This is a South Korean movie about a 
two people that were best friends growing up, and then the family moved. One of the families moved to the states, okay. and they kind of have this reconnection for a week. And it's really a great little character-driven piece called Past Lives. That's in theaters. Uh, then we have, and, and just like that, the second season of the Sex and the City Girls. Right, right. It's a little nastier, a little naughtier, and a little more interesting. Um, and then Secret Invasion on Disney Plus. This is the new Nick Fury. Where have you been? Yeah, uh, it's only a six-part series, so that's pretty much it. Well, that does it for our movie show today. Thanks so much for being part of the movie show. We'll see you back here next week. We've got a double header Thursday night with the Megaplex Theaters, yep. and then NPS on Friday. So we'll see you back here next week on the infamous movie show at KSL News Radio. And tonight, when you go home, please make sure that you hug the people you love. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.